My thing is experience. Life is meant to be an experience, right? How can you experience yourself in a way that's extraordinary, that makes you think, that may lead to an inner transformation, to show up differently, to show up with kindness and compassion, not only to others, but to yourself as well. Welcome to the Cosmic Laundry Podcast. I'm your host, Giselle Plamondon. I'm a clinical counselor and psychological astrologer, and I started this podcast to have real, grounded conversations and to bridge the gap between the spiritual and the mundane. On this podcast, we take mystical topics and we talk about them in a deep and impactful way. Every conversation is astrology infused, and it's my intention that each episode brings you into a deeper experience of your own humanness and your own divinity. You are divine, you are here for a reason, and no matter what you do or who you are, I believe that you have powerful magic to give to the world. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for listening. Let's dive in. Hi guys, how are you all doing? I have been thinking about you a lot. It's been really, really strange, honestly, um, not seeing anybody out at workshops or doing cosmic rhythms. Um, I feel like I'm going a little bit insane just being locked up in my house. Um, but I'm also just so thankful for this platform. Today we have a really, really great guest on the podcast. Her name is Nora Wendell. She is, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm pretty sure it's Wendell. Um, She is this like super radiant and like magnetic and dynamic woman who she does what we call or what she would call um, authentic relating. So she works with women and couples. I'm not sure if she works one-on-one with men. I think that like feminine radiance and authentic relating or conscious relationship or whatever you want to call it. That's kind of her vibe. Um, And so she lives in Bali, which makes her just extra cool. Um, And uh, yeah, she's just a, a, a huge force to be reckoned with. You will see that or hear that when you listen to the podcast. Her energy is very powerful. Um, she has a crazy amount of confidence, which I love and adore, and she knows what she's talking about. And so in this episode, we talk a lot about feminine energy. We talk about moving into a place of of trust, especially in feminine energy, especially coming from a place of anxiety. Um, She shares some of her own personal struggles surrounding, you know, um, anxiety, a bad breakup, um, not really knowing like what path or purpose she was on. Um, And we talk about relationships and you know, what authentic relating even means. We go into just so many different things. We talk about her chart and her stellium um, in Scorpio and just what it means to be a radiant feminine woman in today's society. Mm-hmm. 
of why we don't allow ourselves to be who we really want to be as women mm -hmm. um, why we're like how our thoughts like we we're not nobody teaches us to really think about our thoughts because our thoughts create everything and that can be seen really woo I just went for a really six-day uh, intensive training in India which was an NLP and neural semantics which goes one step further and it just prove scientifically how you can change your neural pathways to be a different person and it just really triggered me into like wow i have so much power to help others now mm -hmm. and three main topics i always talk about is self-worth feminine embodiment and relationships technically our whole life is built on a relationship, right? It's the relationship we have to ourselves and that reflects out to the relationship we have to others. And nobody teaches us relationships, whether it's to ourselves or to others. So we spend this lifetime trying to figure out, am I worthy? Am I worthy of love? Yeah, I know. It's so... Okay, I am so excited for this conversation. I think that we're going to get some really juicy stuff out of it. Um, I am, yeah, just absolutely so stoked. And I actually just pulled up your birth chart. I'm not sure. Are you okay with me talking about it a little bit? Sure. Okay, great. Have you had a, a chart reading before? Like in and out, some like ages ago, in and out, like, like that. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'm so excited. Your chart is so juicy and amazing. Okay, so tell me about, like, I'm really curious about the whole Bali thing. So how long have you been living in Bali, and how did you make that happen? I've been living in Bali almost four years now, and I've had a wild kind of gypset upbringing. I don't call it gypsy because I don't resonate with gypsy, but I call it gypset because that's more luxurious, and that's the kind of woman that I am. I was brought up, born in Thailand, brought up in Nepal, in India. I went to university in London, Australia. I've lived in Brazil, in Cape Town. My dad is actually a yogi. He's a meditation teacher and a yoga philosophy teacher. And so both my parents actually fell in love with Asia at a very young age. Hence, I grew up in Asia. So although I am European, my home is Asia in general because I've lived in so many different countries. Now, when you come to talk about Bali, my dad actually lives half of the year in Bali. For years, he was telling me, come move to Bali when I was like adult. And he was like, come move to Bali, you'll love it here. And I'm like, no, 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 I wanna do my thing. I ended up living in Cape Town for three and a half years, absolutely loving it. If you've never visited Cape Town, highly recommended, probably my top three destinations in the world. I love it. I was in a relationship and it just wasn't working out. I was three and a half years in a codependent, emotionally passive aggressive relationship when finally and my dad was like, just come to Bali. So I came to Bali and I was like, actually, you know what? I think I want to live here. I needed the support because I had over 10 years of anxiety 
chronic anxiety where at one point when I was living in London, I couldn't even leave my house. And it just gave me chills just saying that. It's just like I couldn't go out. I did not feel safe in myself. And I know a lot of women actually go through the same thing, whether it's more mild uh, or chronic like I had. So I, when I left the, that boyfriend, I needed some security. And being in a, in a place where I was close to my dad provided me that security. Now, he just happens to live in Bali because my dad's philosophy is living an extraordinary life. And that's the life he built up for himself. So I ended up moving to Bali to Ubud, which is kind of in the mountainous regions of Bali. And I lived there for three years in the rice paddy next to my dad. <laughs> um, and that's where I really was able to ground myself and kind of, I went to almost three and a half years of training in authentic relating, how to have relationship with myself and with others to show up powerfully to know what my boundaries are how do i actually say when i'm not feeling safe how do i get the help and support that i need in my vulnerability but coming from a place of strength which is why i actually teach relationships now because i've been through it yeah. and then after three years in Ubud and bali i was just like oh my god i feel amazing let me go to Chengdu. so i now live on the coast of bali and I absolutely love my life here. And I hold multiple events weekly, like four events per week in authentic relating, in contact dance, all centered around connection, connection to self, connection to others. I love that. That is so important that, you know, one of the things that I thought was really cool when we first started talking is you brought up self-worth, feminine embodiment, and relationship. And the interesting thing is all three of those things are the domain of Venus in the birth chart and in just when we start talking about it. So, and money is in there too. So all of these things that you're doing are all connected to the exact same archetype and the exact same energy, which is probably why they flow so well in the work that you do. Oh, I'm excited to hear more about that. Oh, Venus just sends chills up my spine. Mm, I love it. Um, yeah, and it's interesting because you have a lot of, of Scorpio energy in your chart, which I'm really excited to dive into and to talk about. Like, if you want a, like, sex and relationship coach, you want a Scorpio sex and relationship coach, for sure. There's nobody that can teach intimacy better than that. So, um, oh, honey, so anyone who's listening, you want to come to me? Look what she just said. <laughs> totally. Okay, tell me more about the authentic relating is it classes or do you do one-on-one -on -one work? What's, what's the vibe of that? What does that look like? And what does authentic relating mean to you? Beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful practice of stripping down the stories that you have in your head around yourself and around the other. Uh, here in Chengdu, I hold weekly classes and I hold workshops also, which dive a little bit in deeper. And it, authentic relating, I like, to, I like to say it's conversational intimacy. So it's finding more out more about yourself in relation to the other. And what is a relationship? It is. It's a relating relationship, right? And you find out about each other. So when I teach authentic relating, there's certain sentence stems and there's 
social exercises we do together around topics. For example, I can do a whole, uh, a whole evening, which is usually two and a half hours long, around the roles we play in our life, right? And there's so many roles you play in your life, whether it's like, oh, uh, you know, I, I, I'm the gypsy, or oh, I'm the mother, or oh, I'm the entrepreneur woman, right? It's a boss babe. It's so many roles we play in our life. So whenever I do authentic relating, I choose a theme and we dive deeper and deeper and deeper in. And you either partner it with a partner or uh, in three people or in a group with a whole group together. And it just gets so deep so quickly because you know what's lacking? What I find lacking in society nowadays is deep, meaningful conversation because ultimately we are all so scared of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is... Yeah, it's interesting, especially with women, like how much we need that. We need to feel connected. We need to feel intimate. And we don't just need that with our partners. We need that with other women. And when we start really diving into this work, I think it can be so easy. I I actually believe that that is why so many women place such a high burden on their partners in terms of like, you don't talk to me enough. We don't have enough of those conversations. I want to have, like, nobody is going to be able to get deeper with you than yourself right? And then also other women. It's it's so important, especially for connecting back to that feminine. I think, you know, one of the reasons I was super drawn to you too was your Instagram. It's like so juicy and alive and feminine and like bright and pink and like it's just, you do a very, very good job of like you go to your page and you know what you're about which is really oh thank you so much i was just uh, i was just stalking friendly stalking of course your page and i'm like oh look at her she's got her design down i love it <laughs> but yeah you know my instagram is my main kind of source of outpouring right now and i, I used to be a graphic designer i was a, I, I am a photographer also so the visual is very important for me and the number one thing that women come to me actually is for vibrancy they don't feel vibrant in their life again i teach feminine magnetism how do you become magnetic so when you walk into a room heads turn and what is underneath being magnetic it is self-worth and self-confidence that you are amazing and that radiates outwards and people are attracted to that energy. They love it. And women come up to me all the time and they're just like, well, like, what are you on, Nora? And I'm just like, you know what? I practice my personal feminine magnetism. It is not something that you can suddenly switch on. I notice the thoughts that I'm thinking about myself. I think, who do I want to be? Who is the ideal Nora? How can I show up as her every single day? So what are your practices for feminine magnetism and radiance? Oh, so good. You know, I um, have a beautiful um, radiance meditation, which I'm happy to share with everybody listening. And that is really beautiful. Totally happy to share it because I'm all about making every woman feel as radiant as they can be. My, My theory is like women are like flowers. We are meant to bloom. We are meant to blossom. And yet we hold that back because it's not safe. For women, number one is understand where in your life are you not feeling safe? Make a list, whether it's with yourself, whether it's when you go out in social situations with your partner, with your friends, at your work, right? Where do you not feel safe? And ask yourself, what do I need in order to feel safe? Because when a woman feels safe, OMG, she blossoms, bottom line. And I'm sure listening to this right now, you can close your eyes and be like, when was a moment when I actually felt really safe? Oh, yes. 
wow, I felt amazing at that point. And that's the, that's the key. So I'm happy to give you the radiance meditation. Uh, and so it's something I actually practice. I practice what does it feel like to be open and to actually radiate outwards. So it's an energetic practice. And it's just like, okay, cool. I, you know, allow the waves of beautiful energy to come forward for me. Posture, right? Your body posture influences your thoughts, right? Posture up. Shoulders back, head held high. Think about a queen. Do you want to queen it in your life, right? A queens aren't slouched over. No, they've got that elegant, regal, graceful, feminine posture. So adopt that and you will start feeling that more and more in your life. That's definitely something that we learn in NLP. How you hold your body influences your thoughts. It's clearly scientific. Yeah. So body posture doing radiance practices, even just going to the beach and just opening my arms out and just being like, OMG, yes, yes, yes. Another thing I concentrate on, and this comes from a tantric background, is the feeling of aliveness. How alive can I feel in this moment? And to do that, just close your eyes, listening to this right now, close your eyes, take a moment to feel. Can you feel the air kissing your skin right now? And when you really tune into that subtlety, that is beauty right there. That is aliveness. And from your skin, can you tune into the vibration of your cells? How every single one of your cells is screaming to be alive and is supporting you right now to be alive. That is magical in itself. And when you can tune into that and feel that, and it's not even a practice that takes 30 seconds out of your day, you can start to feel this vibration of aliveness. And that is amazing. We are alive. We are alive. And yet we get so bogged down by our thoughts of, I'm not worthy. I'm not going to be loved. I'm not good enough. Mm. I'm so passionate about this topic. I can tell. I love it. I love, this is why I started the podcast. I want to have these types of conversations. I want to talk with people about the things that they're passionate about. And you are like totally meant to be doing all of the work that you're doing. So I'm so excited to have you on today. Um, I really appreciate that you were talking about safety. So my background is in clinical counseling. That's what I started with before astrology. And, you know, feminine energy, feminine embodiment, magnetism, all of that is also something that I'm super passionate about because I think, you know, it's so important for women to know how to be in their bodies and how to feel pleasure and how to be womanly and sensual and feminine and all of these different things and that can be so healing that work of connecting back to the feminine and one of the things that i see lacking a lot in the feminine embodiment space is the conversation about safety a feminine being cannot be feminine and expressed if she doesn't feel safe it's not possible and really? in fact it's it's not fair to ask a feminine being to open up and be vulnerable if there's not safety in that space. Totally, it's, it's, I agree with you. It's a key aspect component of, of life that people don't address enough. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to this about it, to talk to this with my one-on-one clients, they're like, wow, I never even thought about that. And the reason I actually thought about it is because when I had 10 years of anxiety, I did not feel safe. It was not safe to be me. And when it, and it felt when it, and when I was walking around and I was like, oh my God, it doesn't feel safe to be me. Then it didn't feel safe to be anywhere because I am everywhere that I go. 
Mm-hmm. So I really had to understand what do I need to feel safe? Yeah. What were those things for you? What were you needing or missing? What does make you feel safe in your body? In my body. So when I first really started working with anxiety, I was really hard on myself. Like, why aren't I normal? Why can't I go out to the coffee shop? What's wrong with you, Nora? Like, I'm sure a lot of us have these thoughts, not even around anxiety, but around anything. Why am I making that much money around? Come on, you're working. So like all these negative thoughts. And one of my counselors in India actually told me, Nora, just be kind to yourself. Just have a little compassion, okay? And she told me that I can always ask for help when I needed it. And so I felt really alone because I had anxiety. Who was going to help me? I was going to freak out when I was going to go out to the the bank and all of a sudden have a panic attack or an anxiety attack and then just feel really small and kind of like, you know, huddled in the corner and just freaking the fuck out. Um, And so she was just like, ask for help. It's okay. And I was like, no, I can't ask for help. No. And she actually taught me that, okay be kind to yourself you can ask for help so i started actually asking for help because i knew if i talked to someone it would distract me from what was going on in my mind because anxiety is all in the mind it's a spiraling negative thought pattern that you're not going to be okay so i just started to like be like hey can you talk to me like i'm not okay right now and just being kinder to myself and and like if i wanted to leave the house being like, okay, I'm gonna leave the house today with that intention and making it to the front door, stepping outside, walking down the road, being like, oh my God, no, don't feel safe. And then going back home, but congratulating myself for, wow, you got outside, okay, cool. And then I tried again and I'd get a little bit further because I was slowly expanding my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. When I would go outside of my comfort zone, that's when I had would have anxiety. Uh, and so just slowly expanding my comfort zone and going to a place maybe with a friend first and then coming back home so that I would know it. So really just having self-compassion that this, t- this needed time to kind of integrate that I wasn't feeling safe. I have a beautiful teacher here in Bali and he talks about the tender edge. His name is Rick Smith. And he's like, you have to assume that everybody is on their tender edge in life. They have one foot in their comfort zone and one foot, maybe 4% outside of their comfort zone and you have no idea what that zone is for them that uncomfortable zone so you have to treat people with respect and kindness and compassion because you don't know where they are in their journey right now and they might look fine but on the inside there might be a hailstorm destroying all the roses inside yeah i really like the idea of that that concept the tender edge especially when you start doing relationship work right if we exactly. our partners like that, we would have less, you know, communication breakdown. We probably have better sex. There'd be so many other things going on because there's tenderness that comes with that. With that compassion. Oh my God. This is, this is, it comes from, uh, well, he's one of my authentic relating mentors actually. And it's like, yeah, it's the beauty if somebody says I want pizza or somebody else says I want a life partner. Those are equal. One isn't more needy or in depth or desirous than the other. They are both equal because you do not know the backstory. You do not know what that person has had to go through in their life in order to be standing in front of you right now. You have no idea. And yet we judge. And the reason we judge is because we are so scared that we won't be loved. Foundationally, each one of us wants to be loved. Everything we do in life is because we want to get love. Everything, whether it's buying the Rolls Royce or buying the Tesla, you know, whether it's going for your high career, we're doing it because we want to feel loved. Yeah, for sure. And 
it's interesting too when you start getting into the relationship work seeing how men and women do that so differently too right men will buy the fancy car and you know whatever women will caretake and people please but at the end of the day it's, it's the same thing it's this desire to belong and to have that like ultimate union with another person i really like the term authentic relating it's really um there's something about it that just makes you feel like oh okay that could feel really healthy and that could feel really safe just oh like, it's so healthy uh, the term authentic online is overused at the moment so i'm hesitant sometimes to actually call it authentic relating but that's actually the name that was given to it i like to call it uh, conversational intimacy where you actually feel safe enough to be vulnerable and your vulnerability is welcomed and that creates spaciousness for more conversation to happen so i teach women and i teach uh, I teach men also and people in relationships how do you actually feel safe enough to express your true desires and how can your partner then be there to listen without getting triggered in whatever their story is whatever their childhood wounds are whatever their abandonment issues are whatever it may be so you can just be present present with each other to really listen what is truly going on in your head because we, we're walking around thinking everybody knows what's going on in our head but that's a lie right nobody actually knows what's going on inside our head unless we express it which is where authentic relating comes in really really sorry revealing your experience right revealing your experience and that is what's going to create the deeper connection being like here sitting here right now i feel so much energy inside i'm being impacted in this way it's not being like you make me feel no that's going to turn into blame but i right now feel this this is my experience right now and then the other person can share hearing that has impacted me in this way and it's just a beautiful way to start conversing on deeper levels of connection yeah i really like that it sounds like you guys do like you set a really beautiful container for that work to happen inside of right which is exactly how that has to start i love that um what do you find because so the workshops that you do, are they with women or are they with couples? Like the authentic relating ones. Is it couples come in or is it singles or both? Everything. It's both. Authentic relating is, is completely both. I do hold uh, lots of other events, like I hold this thing called the Intimate Dinner Party Experience, which is based around a six-course vegan meal where you then play Russian roulette with your dinner partners. And the theme is boudoir, so you dress up in something that makes you feel really sexy, and it's a whole kind of eight-hour experience, which I guide everyone through, and it's based around how can we create deeper connection. And that's not for couples or for singles, it's for people who want to have a fun experience meeting other people from the community in a theme wow. right? also hold, yeah because it's a, it's a whole dinner right so you come at six and it ends at, at 12 right um so that's six hours um and uh yeah so i do i do lots of um my thing is experience life is meant to be an experience right how can you experience yourself in a way that's extraordinary that makes you think that may lead to an inner transformation to show up differently to show up with kindness and compassion not only to others but to yourself as well and so i hold the dinner parties i hold this event called erotica which is more of a performance event but i put authentic relating in with it too uh, i hold women empowerment workshops which is called unstoppable how do you actually you know 
stop stopping yourself from what you want. So I hold a whole bunch of things. And I'm now, uh, this year I'm doing two Bali retreats called Finding Your Feminine Freedom. That will be in May and June and in November, October. And that's all about, that's only women. And that's all about who do you want to be as a woman, right? Who do you want to be? What's stopping you? Now let's reconnect to that essence of nurturing, of creativity, of beauty, of receiving. Mm. And let's do it together. I love that. I really hope that you have one of the intimate dinner party experiences while I'm in Bali because I really want to experience that. That sounds so juicy and totally up my alley. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. Like, do people just leave there glowing and so happy? Yeah. I mean, people are just like, what's next, Nora? What happens with my events is because I I actually have an art installation, art background. And so Mm -hmm. I'm always interested in experiences. Creating experiential art was what I actually studied. So now I do it in events. And so I curate the whole evening based on how do I want people to feel when they leave, right? When the doors close, when I say goodbye, what is the final feeling that I want them to feel? And then I kind of backtrack and create the whole event around that. And everyone who comes to one of my events, they're like, Nora, whatever you do next I'm there because I know the quality of, of event and experience that you're going to put on so I'm I call myself the queen of events in Changu in Bali here because I hold these really intimate connecting events and people people want that people yeah. want that well yeah especially because we're so I mean I'm not sure what it's like out there I haven't been to Bali yet but in the west it's it's so we're so disconnected from intimacy and experience and embodiment. Even like dinner parties are, are very cerebral. They're in your head. You talk about politics and ideas and all these different things. It's not very often where we get to just be with other people and experience. Be in our body, be totally in the moment and present. So that's really cool because I think that's a, a huge thing that most people are missing. So I'm not surprised that those are are so transformational and that people are loving them. And I cannot wait to come to Bali and check out some of your stuff. You come, you just let me know when you're coming. I will for sure. I'll let you know. Um, Yeah. I feel like there's so much there. I kind of want to start diving into your astrology and talking about it because it's, you know, just so aligned with what you do. It's insane. And this is the cool thing about astrology when people start to connect to themselves and, you know, the, the deepest parts of them, their truest, most pure, most authentic self, they naturally will live into their astrology. Like you don't actually need an astrologer to tell you what your chart is. If you are listening to yourself, you will just naturally live it. And it's always so cool to me when I meet people that are living their astrology. So cool. Please give it to me. I love it. I love listening to this. Okay. So um, what do you know about Scorpio energy? Oh, we are highly passionate people, deeply loyal and very sexual. Yes. It is the sign of the shaman, the healer. It's the sign that's the most connected to all of the like taboo and occult stuff. It's really connected to money, sex, intimacy, death. You know, it's really about transformation and transformation through experience. (laughs) Yeah. And you, you know, not only have, so you have a stellium. Uh, A stellium is anytime we have four or more planets in one sign, it creates a laser focus on that energy. So you have a laser focus in this lifetime. I'm not sure if you believe in past lives, but you have a, a laser focus in this lifetime on Scorpio 
transformative alchemy type energy. And the really interesting thing about that is that you have Venus there as well. So one of the things when you were talking about how people always ask you how you get that like magnetism, that's how people with Venus and Scorpio are so magnetic, even like you know, I'm not sure if you've ever seen like the shy guy in the corner and he's like kind of keeping to himself, but there's something about him and you're just like, ooh, like that guy's not putting himself out there, but for some reason I want to get to know him. Like you cannot, you can be the shyest person ever. It does not matter if you have Venus and Scorpio, like you are magnetic AF. So it's really fascinating to me that you're teaching people literally feminine magnetism, which is a huge part of your chart, which is just so wild. Um, yeah, and I mean, Venus in Scorpio is deeply connected to, you know, receiving and giving and really this like deep, deep, intimate experience of life through the feminine. So through relationship, through self-worth, through money, through all of those different feminine aspects. So, and then you have, you know, Venus and... Pluto both in the 11th house. So you're here to make transfer transformation on more of a, a collective or global scale. Um, you're really meant to be working with groups. So ta-da. Um, <laughs> and yeah, specifically groups of women, although I know you work with women and men. Um, yeah, I mean, those were the big things. I haven't looked super deep into the rest of your chart, but the Scorpio stallion was something that I noticed right away. But the interesting thing is you have a Sagittarius rising. So do you know much about Sagittarius energy? Tell me. Do you, oh, do we know for sure that your birth time is accurate? Well, I was cesarean. So that's what's on, on my, my birth certificate. Oh, it says that time on it. Okay. Yeah. So Sagittarius is the wanderer. It's the free-spirited, I want to travel the globe, uh, experience other cultures, live in cities around the world. Sagittarius energy is really all about, I like to think of it this way, if you imagine that all of the signs in the zodiac, say we had a, a crew of 12 people, and every sign had a different job, the Sagittarius would have no job. Their job would be to travel to other groups, see how they live life, experience life, have fun, come back, teach about what they learned, and then leave, and then come back and keep doing that thing. So it's like the philosopher, the teacher, the yogi, um, but this energy is really free-spirited and light and fun and effervescent and wise, but it's like the Sagittarius wisdom is really the wisdom of, like, we only live once, so, like, go out, have a good time, and don't, you know, be too serious about anything. So the really interesting thing about your chart is that the rising sign is the first thing we see when we meet people. So when people meet you, that's the first thing they see. They see that you're free-spirited, you do what you want, you go with the flow, you um, are light and effervescent and all these things, and then they get to know you, and then they meet your Scorpio stellium, and they're like, holy shit, this woman's intense. Like, it's like one energy to the next, and they're so different, but they work so beautifully together. And I, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's so cool that you are embodying those parts of you so, um, just so well in such a beautiful mm -hmm. way. 
Thank you so much for saying that. You know, even like, even though I teach self-worth, I teach it because I've been into that, like, you know, that like doubting because we all doubt at some point. It's like, is this what I really want to be doing? You know, oh, it's not working out the way I want it. So yeah, so you saying all of that to me was just like, yeah, great. Because I do one-on-one coaching. And just recently I'm like, you know what? I actually love groups. I love group coaching. And so I'm like slowly shifting away from one-on-one. I'll still do one-on-one, but for a much higher price point for those who really want the high touch point but actually I love teaching in groups you know I love that group energy so you saying that I was just like universe thank you doing it yeah yeah because your chart is definitely set up um more so for groups and like spiritual practices you know um yeah those are really the big things with your chart and you're really here to be of service. Like you're, you're here to make a, a massive impact on the world. So beautiful. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. I'm curious with all of the Scorpio energy in your chart is sex something you work with your clients on a lot. I'd imagine because I'd imagine because you're, you know, photography is quite sensual and, growing up in india so i grew up in nepal and india and when i was uh, and then i had five years in uh, in hong kong between uh, ages 12 11 and, and 16 and then at 16 i went back to boarding school in india and at 16 to 18 i was in boarding school in india before uh, moving to university in london and those were like my formative uh, puberty years where you're kind of coming out of your sexuality and i i was a very free spirit joyful highly energetic passionate kind of child okay when I then went to boarding school in India I noticed that it didn't feel safe to be fully expressed anymore and so I toned down my sexuality when I then moved to London I kind of was like it felt a little bit freer when I moved to London at 18 uh, it was the first time I lived in the West because I'd grown up in Asia my whole life so that was really interesting for me to be part of the same culture right because being a foreigner and growing up as an expat kid is very different to being where you're just one of everybody else so that was a little bit of a culture shock for me because i was in in europe all of a sudden being a european in europe and um i then noticed that my anxiety happened at a specific point when I was 24. I had a panic attack on the London underground. And that's when also I didn't feel safe. So my personal journey with my sexuality was I wasn't able to fully express it. So I really had to find what is my sexuality? How do I want to express it? And so I started diving into sensuality because sexuality felt a bit too taboo. So I was like, okay, how can I express myself sensually? It felt so much more safe. So when I started doing photography for women, I was really about the sensual aspect of it. And I love it because that is a woman is sensual in nature, our curves, how we can move with such grace and femininity is so sensual. And that's really what I started to work on. Now I actually do more sexual um, teachings because I teach about tantric principles of presence okay and i teach about pleasure how can you get more pleasure and this isn't just pleasure sexually when you can find pleasure in your life then pleasure in the bedroom increases exponentially so i don't necessarily be like i'm a sex coach no but i do teach about aliveness and about pleasure and sensuality i love that and yeah, it is interesting how all of those things are so connected and you can't really separate the feminine or radiance or aliveness from sensuality because they're interwoven. Have you read the book Pussy by, um, 
Oh, I can't remember her name. I haven't read that one yet. I just finished Come As You Are. There's an, another few that, I, that I've just finished. So Pussy's the next one. It is like 10 out of 10 would recommend. I have been listening to it on Audible. So I, I'm more of like an audio book type. And sometimes I'll notice I'll be like out in public listening to this book. And she says pussy every like four words. And then sometimes I realize like this is really loud. Like I'll get a weird look and people are like, what is this woman listening to? Um, but I love it because she talks about how so much of, of the feminine power that we all carry not just women but especially women um she talks about how so much of that has just been pushed down and you know not allowed and and how important it is to reconnect back to that part of ourselves and you know to learn how to self-pleasure learn how to experience pleasure to learn how to receive to learn how to you know even like say the word pussy like how many women you know can't even say that word so it's been a really interesting you know, look into sex and sensuality and how deeply connected they are. Um, and I find that other cultures tend to do sex and sensuality better than I think we do in the West. We're so cut off here and um, masculine and, and patriarchal and all these different things. But I love that there are so many people that are coming up and teaching more and more about the feminine. Just totally. I would just say that, you know, India is very repressed in, in being, I was just in India for three weeks doing some training. Uh, and again, it's like, I wasn't okay to show my shoulders and you know, I had to wear long dresses. So India is very much, it's not okay to be uh, sexually expressed in that way. Um, and, uh, you know, even, even like Japan, I know they're very low key. So there's a lot of Asian countries where it's not, not okay to, to express yourself sexually because ultimately sex is the thing that drives life right? It's very, very powerful. It's the creative aspect of hu humanity. And the female, so in Indian philosophy, the Shiva and Shakti, Shiva represents consciousness, pure consciousness, and consciousness cannot come alive until it has Shakti. Shakti is pure vibration, and together they create the world, right? So, when women come to me and just like, oh, I feel dull. What can I do? Um, you know, I don't feel like myself anymore. I just want to be me again. I'm like, well, are you moving, right? Because feminine is Shakti. Are you actually moving that stagnant energy around your body to release it, be able to release it? So if you are feeling like that in your life, consider, you know, it can be going to the gym. It can be going for a walk, but just do it with the intention that you're doing this to move the stagnant energy in you because the feminine is Shakti it's vibration, it is moving. Mm, yes, I love that, especially dance, you know, that's my favorite way of connecting back to my own heart, but then also my own feminine energy. What else, because that's something that, I, you know, women ask a lot, you know, how do I be more, how do I have more energy? That's how it comes out, but really what they're asking is, how do I be more radiant? How do I be more alive? How do I feel like a woman? And so that's one of the things you would recommend is just movement. Is there movement? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm hesitant to say dancing because I've come across a lot of women who cannot, don't feel comfortable dancing. So I'm yeah. like, just move in ways that you want to move. So whether that is going out for a walk, that's completely fine. We have a lot of stigma around this is right to do, this is wrong to do. And in my authentic relating and what I teach is there is no right and wrong. It is simply what you want to do. There's no right or wrong, wrong way to say things. There's no right or wrong way to show up. It's simply how you want to show up. Society 
society teaches us because of rules that there is a right and there is a wrong. And so we have inbuilt that into our own um, rule book. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I can't show up like that. That's wrong. So I don't say dancing because I come across a lot of women who are just too shy to dance because they've never been able to express themselves that way. I definitely say moving. I also say this radiance meditation, which I'm giving you is utterly fantastic to start feel the vibrations and the radiance from, from within you. And also, um, Actually, another really great tip is uh, instead of moving is shaking. So just jumping up and down slightly and just shaking. That really gets your energy at a higher vibration. Uh, I, I, I do that almost every day. Just even just if I'm on the beach, just really just start shaking and just shake everything out. And that's loosening up the energy. It's loosening up your, um, you know, your uh, fluids in between your joints and all of that. So that's another great simple practice. Shake for a minute. You'll feel great afterwards. You'll have released whatever you don't need to. Um, and I'm a big, big fan of uh, EFT, emotional freedom technique. So I do tapping on myself on the meridian points. I do NLP on myself every single day to really be like, who do I want to be? What's stopping me from being that cool? Let's remove that. What do I need to feel? Do I want to feel charismatic? Do I want to feel energetic? Do I want to feel disciplined? Like, what do I need? And I program this into myself. Life changing life changing all right if i feel like i'm in a stuck state i program myself to start doing the things that i want to do i write a piece of i write 10 pieces of content in an hour because i program focus discipline and inspiration in myself honestly wow if you have a chance go and find go go find somebody who does um nlp neurosemantics and and practices like that and uh, come to me if you want do you do that work online Can yeah i do all of that work online that? yeah, yeah. Do you have a course or is it just one-on-one -on -one work right now? At the moment, it's just one-on-one -on -one work for that. I actually have a group, a pop-up group coaching program uh, at this moment. It's just going to be for March. It might, it might do it again, depending on how it runs. And it's called On Fire. And it's, it's a, it's a high intensity because I'm coaching twice a week live and it's Mondays and Thursdays for an hour, hour and a half, depending on how long it goes, because I'm really focused on what do you want? Everybody's in the group. It's limited to six women only because it's really high touch like this. And I actually take you through the tools and techniques and what are you going to come out after a month? You're going to find that inner self-confidence. You're going to feel lit up from the inside. You're not going to let anything come in your way. You're going to smash every one of your goals. You're going to feel so powerful. And that is why I called it on fire. Because a woman who's on fire, she's like, right, not taking any of this shit anymore. I'm going there. Get out of my way. Queen is coming through. <laughs> I love that. So powerful. Um, I will definitely, I'll put all the links and stuff in the show notes for everyone who's listening. Uh, so I also, my, actually, I'd love to just share that I have a, um, a group coaching program, which I'm launching in about two months called Becoming Magnetic. It is my signature program. It's 10 weeks to becoming the most magnetic woman in the room. So honey, if you're feeling down about yourself, if you're walking into a room and you're feeling small and insecure, in 10 weeks, I completely change that around so that you walk with your head held high, shoulders back, owning who you are. People coming up to you and being like, wow, you've changed. You feel radiant magnetic. So these are the, 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 the tangible results after the Becoming Magnetic program. What is the, yeah, what's the difference between NLP and neurosemantics? 
I'm curious about that. It's, it's, uh, so NLP is, is, is like, it was developed in the 70s and it's, uh, it's like understanding the language of the brain and neurosemantics came, uh, it was a branch off a little bit later. So it's just like a further development of it. It's highly, highly complicated. Um, so I can't explain it in detail right now. It's just, it's just like, you know, when you have something that was developed some time ago and somebody new finds out new, right. new, new tools and new techniques because they've done the research and they've done it. So it's kind of a little bit of a branch off, but it's based. But what actually it is, is when you think about it, everything in your life starts with a thought. Okay. And if you think a thought over and over again, it creates a belief. Yeah. A belief which you start believing creates your belief system. So those are multiple beliefs that you're, if you're standing in the center, all your beliefs are around you. Yeah. Your belief system governs your action, right? So if you believe a certain thing, you'll be like, oh, I'm not going to wear that today because I believe that I look fat. That means your action is you're not going to wear that. You're going to wear the pants instead of the skirt because you don't want to show your legs. Okay. So thought creates belief. Belief creates belief system. Belief system governs your action. Your actions create your reality. So everything you that you see around you is because of a thought that it started. So NLP and neurosemantics is like, what are you thinking? What is a virus in your thinking that is stopping you from who you want to become? Is it a conflicting thought? I want to make a lot of money. I don't want to make a lot of money. That's a conflicting thought. Or is it a, a, a belief that you're like, okay, you know what? I can't make a lot of money because, you know, nobody taught me how to make money. So that's a belief, right? That's creating your belief system. So NLP goes right to the root. If you have a cause, you can have multiple effects. If you remove the cause, all the effects get removed too. You can erase memories of the past. I erased my memory of my first panic attack. So all the effects of that were also erased in my mind. It is so powerful that I, that's why I'm like, it changed my life. It was the final nail for me. I don't even want to use that. That sounds like a morbid term. No, it was the, the final seed planted in my rose garden for me to fully overcome my anxiety. Wow. Powerful. I really appreciate that you share so much about the anxiety that you've experienced and your struggle with that because it's really important for us. I think we can see someone that's living a really beautiful, magnetic, juicy life, living in Bali, in this like beautiful space, online coaching, and we can very easily go into thinking, yeah, she can have that, but I could never have that. But then when you start to hear people's stories, you realize like, no, okay, everyone has struggled with certain things. Everyone has their own background. And I, I think that hearing about other people and the humanness in them is really, really important for our own expansion, right? So there are going to be so many women that listen to this that are like, I am experiencing panic attacks. I am, an, am experiencing anxiety. And now I have a new idea or a new possibility in my mind of what's possible for me. And that's really cool. Exactly. And this is what I facilitate in my authentic relating is the realization that we are all actually the same and we go through the same fears, the same anxieties, the same fear of judgment and same fear of abandonment and the same fear of not being loved. But we cover it so well on the outside. So when I facilitate these authentic relating experiences, no matter if it's the dinner party or an actual authentic relating two and a half hour kind of class workshop, people at the end go, wow, I didn't realize that everybody else also felt this way. I feel so connected. I don't feel so alone anymore. Because the biggest lie that we are telling ourselves is that we have to do this alone, that I have to be independent. 
And that comes from like this modern age of like, oh my God, I'm gonna do everything. I'm gonna be, you know, the, the most career woman and I'm gonna have all the children and everything. But that's not how we actually grew up in society back in the day. It was tribe mentality. Everybody helped each other out and that's how we flourished together. Yeah. Mm. You speak very eloquently. I'm sure mm. you have heard that many times, but I feel like I could listen to you speak all day. Um, you also have Mercury conjunct your ascendant, so that's probably what that is. People also like meet you and they just want to listen to you and, and learn from you, and that's a, a really powerful influence that you have in your chart. Mm. Uh, so just another way that you're, you know, really embodying and living into that vibration. So I had a few questions pop up as you were speaking, but I can't remember what they were. <laughs> what are some of the things that you're working through right now? Like, is there anything that you're doing NLP on yourself with right now? Oh my God, every single day. I'm like, I don't, when I, when I just went to my training and I asked my teacher, who's been my actual mentor for a year and a half. So she's, uh, I've been with her a long time, every week for a year and a half now. And then I decided to train with her because I felt the, the, the shifts in myself. Every morning I wake up, I'm like, what do I have to do today? So what do I need in order to accomplish what I want to do today? A really big tool that, I, that, 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 is from, um, that, that stems from NLP and neurosemantics is you create a, a, a version of yourself that when you close your eyes, you see that ultimate version of yourself, right? And everything that you do in life, you're acting as if you're that version already. And are you walking towards that version of you or are you walking away from that version of you? And so that governs your actions. It governs how you speak. It's always there. It's called as if frame. And it's a powerful, powerful tool that I teach everybody, whether it's in my group coaching or in my one-to-one um, -one coaching. It's like, cool, who do you want to be? My question is like, who do you want to be? Who is the woman that you want to be? What is her behavior patterns? How does she feel every single day? Ultimately, this life is about feeling, about feeling great. Okay, what do we need to get you to feel great? Mm, yeah, I like that. So what part of, like, what future you are you starting to step into or build into right now? What's that focus for you? I'm queen of events. I just want to run multiple events. Yes. I want to run pop-up events around the world. I want to be, I've already spoken at uh, multiple festivals. So I want to go to more festivals. Like I said, like you said, you know, groups and crowds are my thing. I love it. When I'm in front of someone and I can share my passion, I channel. I am no longer just Nora, but I am connected to something else through the passion that I have. And because of that, and because of the scientific principle of entrainment, which is synchronizing vibration, everybody who's around me feels the same that I feel right and that creates profound impact and so my my I actually want to run my own festival in about two years two to three years let's see I want to run my own really big festival have women and men come from around the world and it will be centered around relationships relationship to self relationship to others well I will be there because that sounds like totally my jam I would love that yeah, that's really cool. I, I love that. I love that, you know, you're focused on building into that next part of you, which, like I said, is a huge part of your chart. You know, one of the things that I was really interested in with your chart, because I was listening to, what podcast was it where you were talking about, like, money blocks that you would work through with Denise Duffield-Thomas? I can't remember. Yeah. The Girl Skill podcast? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so that was so fascinating to me because you do have Saturn in Scorpio and Saturn is 
all about challenges and struggles. So typically people with Saturn and Scorpio do have money blocks and, and things they have to work through with that. But you, you also have all of this other support because you have Pluto and Venus and the sun there. So tell me a little bit more about some of the, the work that you had to do around money. Was it, you know, receiving? Was it feeling? What was the big block there? The biggest block, I would say it's still going on, is, is it's, a, it's a constant working around as I continue to up-level and make more money. It's like, you know, uh, what does Denise always say? Denise Duffel-Thomas, she says, um, <laughs> new, new level, new devil, or something like this, right? Um, and it's, and it's um, I've just forgotten it. It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, ah, I have this super solid neural pathway belief that I have to work hard to make money and I refuse to work hard to make money. I just <laughs> refuse. And so it's not that it's a really big limiting belief at the moment, but I just notice it popping up again and again and again. And this is because it was drilled into me that I have to work, okay? Whether it was from my mother or whether it's from school or society, that I have to work equals money. Work hard equals more money. And I'm like, I don't want to work hard. I want to live a beautiful, spacious, free inspirational life and so what i'm doing on myself particularly with nlp is i'm reprogramming that to be like i love taking inspired action i get to be me and make a shit ton of money so that is my new belief system and my new thoughts that i'm programming in myself i get to have fun and when i have fun that equals abundance of cash flying around <laughs> i love yeah, that I think especially for women that can be a hard thing that struggle of, of connecting to am I worthy of this, even if we do make all the money we feel like we have to share it right we have to, you know, give it away give it to charity so I think it's really cool that you're also, you know, talking about money because money and sex and relationship it's all connected it's all the same thing it's all our ability totally. to receive. Totally. Yeah. So what, I know we have to wrap up here right away, but I really want to know what are some of the things that you love talking about that you don't get to talk about very often? Or are there anything? Is there anything? At this moment, I really can't think of anything because, you know, I'm a very um, extravagant extrovert, let's <laughs> call it like that, right? So yeah. I generally, because I'm highly trained in communication, I'm a communication ninja, actually, yeah. right? Uh, I call myself a relationship ninja because I've trained myself. I've had such dysfunctional relationships, uh, uh, you know, three, four years ago that I was like, enough, nope, I want to become a relationship expert, ninja at communication. And so I did four years of training in, in communication. And so it's like, I say what I feel. So it's, there's never really a topic that I can't really talk about. When it comes to like talking online, like I'm very wary of talking around Tantra or sex directly because I feel like, and this might just be my perception, I'm very aware, but I feel like people can take it the wrong way very easily. And this is why I talk about pleasure and I talk about sensuality because I feel like the, my point can come across um, in a more succinct manner instead of highly triggering somebody and then causing a ruckus online, which I don't necessarily want. So I'm just like, like you can probably hear, I, because I'm a communication ninja, I choose my words very carefully because words have impact. So I know the kind of impact I want to have. And so I can be very kind of graceful and eloquent in the way that I speak and share online also. This is a really important 
thing for people to hear because right now, especially in the coaching space, there are so many people talking about, you know, if you're not triggering people, if you're not, you know, <clears throat> polarizing, or if there aren't people that are, you know, massively triggered by what you're saying, then you're not doing the work, but that's not true. <coughs> Sorry. I'm just like, I'm a frog in my throat, but you know, this is a really important point. You don't always have to be triggering people and making them feel unsafe in order for your work to have impact. In fact, the safer you make people feel, especially through language, the more impact you have because they stick around. They stay with you on the journey and you start with talking about sensuality and pleasure and then eventually you drop sex into the mix and by then they trust you enough to actually hear that message. Yeah. So that's exactly. really important. Yeah. And I notice in myself, I do sometimes when I, when I get passionate about something mm -hmm. like that fire, Nora will actually come out. Just recently I had, I wrote a few emails, which were just like, why are you following me? If you're not committed to yourself, please unsubscribe or unfollow me on Instagram because I don't have time for you. I want people who are committed to themselves. And it came across quite harsh. And one of my friends actually pointed it out to me and I said, I get it. And I get that my language was like a whiplashing. Okay. It was like too much badass Nora. And he called me and I was just like, and also, I'm not going to filter myself when I feel that passionately, mm -hmm. right? And so there is a fine line deciding who do you want to be. I don't agree that you can, uh, I don't necessarily agree that you have to trigger people all the time. But I do agree that just notice what is the purpose, what is the intention when you do share something online? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's really important too of just having your own boundaries around what people can email you. Like just because you're a business owner or in the public eye doesn't mean you deserve to just take shit all the time, which also I think a lot of women, especially again, there's so much codependency and people pleasing and all these different things in the psyche of woman that we need to work through. And so I, I like that like fiery badass Nora comes out important oh, I always say I'm a I'm a what do I always say I'm a really good bad girl like I say that because I ride a motorbike I don't ride a scooter like I ride a motorbike like I am a badass I'm a total badass I totally own it if you ever write a book that's what you should call it I'm a really good bad girl I would that um, I pro no, I think the I am I'm writing two books. I'm I'm releasing. I write erotic poetry, so I'm actually really publishing my book on erotic poetry, which is called um, Naked and Raw on Love, Lust, and Longing. Uh, and then I'm writing my book, which is like it's going to be called Becoming Magnetic. So it's actually about taking you through a step by step process. It's more like a playbook. I don't want to call it a workbook because work is like, ah, I have to go to work. No, this, you get to play at creating who you want to be much more fun. Right? So it's like a playbook where you can like, it takes you through this journey and it comes with an interactive website where you can download audio meditations. You can watch this thing. You can take a quiz. You can do all of that. And it has like uh, different people uh, uh, on the website, which you can hear like a little bit more about their journey and what they went through and the tools and techniques that they use. So that's my book that I hope to release at the end of this year. I'm totally going to self-publish it because you know who needs a publisher I'll get published I know I'll get published they'll just see they'll see it and be like I want that so self-publish first I love that and I think a lot of people are self-publishing now right because you have total control over it you don't have to wait you just get to, to do the thing like we live in 2020 if you want to do something just do the thing there's so many different avenues so that's totally, totally. yeah I will be watching out for that book as well
Well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad we got to have a chat. And I'll definitely reach out when I'm coming to Bali and maybe we can connect and record another episode, but live and in person. Yes. Which would be so yes. fun. Your home looks really beautiful. And I'm so jealous right now sitting over here in Canada where it's like minus 18 and you're just like in the tropics, glowing, beautiful dangly earrings, just looking so beautiful. So yeah, definitely going to come to Bali and check out some of your stuff. And I really, really appreciate you taking time and coming on to the podcast. I know that, yeah, yeah I know that my I absolutely, I thank you for reading my chart. That's, uh, I feel very touched that you took the time to go into it. So I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you and how you're showing up and your beautiful stories on your Instagram and your Instagram feed and all of that. Um, I, I know that you're doing the work that you need to be doing as well. Mm, you're so sweet. Okay, well, thank you so much. I will uh, reach out to you just to get all of the info and the meditation. Again, thank you so much for that. I'm, I'm really excited about that. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'll reach out just to get all that info from you. And then I'll let you know when it's going to launch. Yay! Okay, cool. cool. Thank you so much for your time. Of course. What do you have planned for the rest of the day? Oh, I got, I'm starting to host two more, two more weekly classes. So I got to go meet the owner of that. I need to find a new venue for my next event, which is called Erotica. Uh, you need a new venue. I've got my, um, oh yeah, I wanted to invite you. Would you be interested to join my On Fire group coaching? It starts on the 2nd of March. Mm. I've still got and a few spaces. And I'll, I'll take a look at it and see. I might not be able to join this one, but maybe the next one, if you do it again. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it again. That's why I'm like, grab it now, honey bunny. Honestly, it's going to change your life. What, like, what are some of the things you're going through in your life that you'd like to shift right now? Well, I don't know. I'm still, I'm in a, a massive, everything is changing. I'm in a big transformation process. So um, right now I'm just trying to allow life to be what it is and not control it, you know? So I'm just kind of waiting it out. I feel like I'm just like in that stillness and waiting to see what comes in next, which I'm, I'm really excited about. I love being in this. So what, are you, what are you transitioning from? So I am now working towards building my business primarily online and moving into the online space. I have a Sagittarius rising too. So we're very similar in that way. I also want to travel the world. I want to be able to work from anywhere. That's always been my goal. And so I'm finally making that, like making that step and jumping into that. So yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. So my lease is ending on my house. I don't know where I'm going. I don't like all of it is totally up in the air. And I really love being in this space right now because I used to, when I would get into these, I would be immediately like, I have to figure it out. I need to find a coach. I need to like get this, like walk down and figure it out. And this is the first time in my life where I've just totally surrendered to it and feel really good not knowing where I'm at mm. or what I'm so doing. beautiful yeah so beautiful that you can just be like okay universe I'm trusting yeah that's exactly it it's just that I, I know that I can have what I want and I know that it'll it'll work out and, and I'll be exactly what it needs to be and 
it's a really it's really nice to be in that space. So mm -hmm. definitely send me the info to the course. I don't even have a sales page. Literally, this was like a pop-up group coaching. I never do this kind of, well, that I never, I was just so inspired after my trip to India. I was just like one month, March, two calls a week. It's Mondays and Thursdays. I ask, what do you want in your life? What do you want? So if you want more peace, you want more trust, you want clarity, that's what we can then instill in you, right? You want inspiration. You want that creativity, like whatever you want, you can come to this program and it's so high touch. We have like an hour, an hour and a half, twice a week, right? Cause I'm like clearing, like, what are you thinking from the past? Let's clear it. Who do you want to be? Cool. Let's program that into you. So you start showing up as her immediately. Yeah. It's really deep work. I love that you're doing that really appreciate all that you're doing and uh i just can't wait for my listeners to find you and, and to find your work because it's, it's mm -hmm. thank you darling thank you thank you thank you so much and we'll stay in touch i'll let you know when i'm coming out to bali and we'll make some plans holy where uh where are you in canada right now i'm in saskatchewan okay all right and Have what time is it no i've never been to canada oh it's 9 30 here okay and is it still light or are you in, uh, in your... No, it's dark. It, it gets dark here at like 7 o'clock in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really needing some like ocean, tropics, you know, that whole vibe. But um, I get you. I yeah. get you. And I just broke my three-day fast, juice fast. I'm going to go and have my acai bowl at my favorite cafe. Oh, that sounds so nice. Love I had a carrot this morning. I had a, I didn't have anything in my in my fridge, so I popped a I peeled a carrot in before my workout class because <laughs> I was just like I need to eat something. So I, I broke my fast with a carrot. Right. <laughs> I love that. Okay, well I hope you have the best acai bowl. Oh my god! Last time I did a fast for five days, I cried when I had my first food. I'm just I like, oh it. my god! I love you so much. <laughs> we take it for granted. We take it for granted, right? We do, we definitely do. You've never been to Bali? Bali is amazing for coffee shops. The quality of food for the price is incredible. I was in India and I'm just like, wow, the food's not that it's crap, but it's just like really overcooked and, it's, and then the good food's really expensive. And I'm like, I live in Bali. Like, this is like Mecca for healthy eating. Yeah, every person that I know and follow that goes to Bali, whenever they post food, I'm just like drooling. Like, right. I'm so excited to go there. And right. Let's talk food. I'm going to go eat my thing. Love you so much, darling. It's so yes. nice to talk. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, of course. Thank you. Bye. We'll chat soon, okay? Yeah, for sure. Bye. Bye. When things are really tough and they're really rough and nothing's working, but there's something inside of you that says, I just have to follow that because you don't know who you're going to Okay, that is it for today's episode. I hope you loved it. Um, leave a review if you are loving the content, loving the guests. Let me know who else you'd like to see on the podcast. 
and I hope you have a really, really great week. Uh, there will be a few more episodes launching this week. I'm going to be doing a solo episode, just diving a little bit deeper into the current astrology, and then also we'll be releasing just a conversation that I had with my sister about being a highly sensitive person and what that looks like for her versus what that looks like for me. In that episode, we get pretty deep. We talk a lot about our family and our child and um, yeah it's, it's like funny and silly and goofy but also there's a lot of depth to it so I'm excited to release that for you guys um, yeah hope you guys are having a great week and I will talk to you very very soon bye